Alright everybody, we're back with another episode of Pass, Play, or Purchase. This is your host, Kevin. And this is Leanne. As always, thanks for listening. So today we're going to go ahead and talk about Flashpoint, a fully cooperative turn-based game for 2 to 6 players by Kevin Lansing and published by Indie Boards and Cards. So this game originally came out a while back, as far as I could tell, probably around like 2011, 2012. Uh, but there's a second edition, and it looks like it is still available, at least on Amazon. looks like it was about $28, so we figured, you know, definitely worth revisiting. See how it holds up compared to some of the other uh, games that we've experienced. So in Flashpoint, you and your teammates play as firefighters with individual specialties. So it might be like putting out fires, rescuing people, removing hazardous materials, all that good stuff. And you're trying to ultimately rescue people and or animals before either the building collapses um, or worse, too many people and or animals are lost to the fire. So the way they have the game listed is about 45 minutes, which I think is a little bit... Uh, maybe conservative is the way to put it because I think the playtime alone is easily around 45 minutes and the setup I feel like is probably about 15 minutes maybe because there's a lot of dice rolling uh, to determine where you know different uh, icons or tokens go and because there's a limited board I would say you're very much susceptible to where you're gonna have to re-roll for placement of certain tokens items etc so yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot more to it, though. And as always, for the mechanics, I'll turn things over to Leanne. Thanks, Kevin. So uh, this is a cooperative game, as Kevin mentioned. You're firefighters. You have specialist abilities that let you uh, make, make you better at rescuing people, removing hazardous materials, putting out the fire, which is important as well, um, and so on and so forth. And the gameplay is actually pretty simple, which I think is one of the beauty, beautiful things about this game. Each player uses action points every turn, and you can spend them however you want. You can use action points to enter and move around in the building. There are vehicles outside the building, so you can drive the fire truck and or the ambulance to different sides or entrances of the building. You can investigate what we call POI, P-O-I, points of interest. And those will turn out to be people and or pets or sometimes nothing. If they are people or pets, then you can rescue them with your action points. Um, and as Kevin mentioned, you can remove hazardous materials. And you can put out the fire as well. So, Wait, you can put out the fire? You can. Oh, you can, and there's there's ways to put out the fire, whether you are a firefighter walking around inside the building and putting out fires, you know, as you move around the squares, or um, the fire truck obviously has a fire hose, and you can put out a larger area of fire with that fire hose if you happen to be lucky with your role. And keep in mind that you don't want to use the hose while any of your team members are in there. I think, in fact, you're not allowed to, right? Yep. So there is some coordination involved, right? You're not going to blast your teammates with water, so the game prevents you from doing that. Rescuing Poi requires you to not only bring them out of the building, but also to the ambulance itself. So moving the vehicles around can be very important. And also, once you are trying to rescue um, a person of interest 
or you're trying to move hazardous materials, it increases the action point cost for your movement, which makes sense. You're trying to you know, move two people or two items at once instead of just yourself. You can also change specialist roles at the fire truck if desired. So that can be useful as you're evaluating the situation and deciding maybe you need different special abilities at different points in the game. Generally speaking, uh, after taking actions, the bad stuff happens. You roll the dice to determine where the fire spreads. And if fire lands on top of fire, an explosion occurs. And that's bad. Um, basically what happens is the fire will keep spreading until it hits something that makes it stop, like a wall. So the walls will take damage. Once the walls are totally damaged and opened up, then the fire will just keep going. And you can see how there can be this domino effect of fire spreading. Or say the fire happens to hit hazardous materials. Again, explosion bad things happen, it accelerates the end of the game. Firefighters don't die, that's good news, but they do get knocked down if fire spreads onto the square where they are located. And what happens is then for that player, it takes their entire next turn to stand back up and recover. All they do is stand up and they have no other actions they can take on their next turn. So it's definitely worth your while not to get knocked down and to try to avoid being in a place where an explosion could cause you to, to be knocked down. Uh, the, the poi, the people and the pets you're trying to rescue, they can die, unfortunately. So you would get knocked down, but they actually die and they count towards the failure uh, criteria for the game. So the players are going to fail if three or more of those people or pets die or if the house collapses from structural failure. So throughout the game, you're also placing these black cubes to indicate walls that are damaged, interior and exterior walls that are damaged. And each wall can have up to two black cubes placed on it. Once there's two black cubes, then that wall is considered to be gone, destroyed. There's a hole instead of a wall. And once those black cubes run out, that's it. You're done. With eight victims, you need to rescue at least six to win. And there are, uh, you know, advanced rules. You can customize the difficulty and you can have more or fewer victims to save. So summarizing the gameplay again really quick, all of the uh, players take their actions using their action points. Then the bad stuff happens, which is the fire spreading and you roll the dice to do that. And at every any given point in the game, there's always... Um, a certain number of poi on the board. So as you are successful rescuing people and pets, or you go and investigate poi and it turns out to have you know nothing, be blank on the other side of that counter, then every turn you're always going to be placing additional poi as well. And that's the game. Well, and going back though with the actions, it is kind of interesting that you can save some of your action points. So I think that's very different than a lot of the games we're used to, uh, right? Action economy tends to be a very big thing in pretty much any, right? Uh, turn or, or action-based game, go figure. Uh, but I think having that part where you can carry over action points definitely helps. I mean, of course, it might not be quote-unquote optimal, but it's definitely a lot less punishing, at least, than like a use-it-or-lose-it system. Oh, that's a really good point, Kevin. Thank you for mentioning that. Yep. 
But all right, let's go ahead and get into our little personal notes on this one. So I'll start with, yeah, my positive takes here. So I do like how much they try to capture the theme uh, with the game. And I'm not talking about just the miniatures, which are pretty nice. They're little plastic firefighters that look like firefighters. I mean, a little bit uh, like caricaturized or cartoonized or something like that. They're short. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's clearly a little firefighter miniature, which is cool. Uh, but, I mean, with the whole parts of having smoke, which can turn into fire, fire spreading, the explosions, uh, the damage to the structure, which, by the way, your team can purposefully um, incur upon the building. So, like, you can chop down parts of the building, which seems kind of weird, but it's a trade-off, right? You're kind of accelerating the loss uh, condition where you're weakening the structure. However, it can give you a key entrance and exit to the building to hopefully maybe get people or maybe the hazardous materials out faster. So it's, it's a very tactical uh, kind of move. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's pretty awesome. And I feel like, you know, just in general with any type of cooperative game worth its salt, I do like that there is that combination luck and strategy to take the win. So... I feel like it's a little maybe pandemic-ish just uh, for some quick reference on that hmm. in the sense of right each person has their own uh, has their own role in the team there's definitely some luck right depending on uh, in pandemic I guess more so uh, the luck of the deck uh, in the case of flashpoint more like the luck of the dice mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. either way and of course you can scale your difficulty now for words of caution I would say, well, obviously there's that luck factor and I can see how that might dissuade some people from checking this out. So what I kind of mean is that the strategy in really the big, big scheme of things, it's somewhat easy to optimize, somewhat. Uh, There's not going to be really a perfect optimization, at least not without spending a lot of time on it. But again, in a relatively quick manner, you, you and your team could probably optimize the strategy which will change, though, from time to time, because it depends on the building setup, uh, the way the roles are dealt out. So there is that. But, you know, again, it's not as strategy intensive as, say, maybe, uh, I would say, like Forbidden Island, where, I mean, really, really the strategy, I feel like, has a larger role than the luck part of it. So that's pretty much it. Otherwise, you know, it's, yeah, it's a pretty solid co-op game. How about for you? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure what's been happening to me over the course of the pandemic, but I actually enjoy cooperative games a whole lot more than I used to. So, yay, Kevin, victory, you've converted me. Um, wow, I think sounds so bitter about it. No, no, no. I mean, I think it's a good thing. I, I really was surprised by how much I have enjoyed this game. And I think if I were to analyze why... I think it comes down to several factors. One is that the theme is realistic without being too realistic. So it's it's a it's a firefighting situation. The board looks like a house and you're rescuing these people and their dog and their cat. And it's for better or for worse, it's not a futuristic sci-fi or you know heavy high fantasy or some other type of world like that so sometimes i think that simplicity or that mundane kind of a setting a relatively small map it just makes it feel a lot more approachable and manageable 
I really like that they included pets to rescue, and I think it does feel really good when you get to rescue the people and the pets. I think that's a really cute touch. And I also agree with you, Kevin, that the the optimization of the strategy I think is a little simpler here because maybe because all the firefighters move the same way. Like in something like Forbidden Island, I can think of our different roles like a diver or something like that. And and it adds complexity when you're just trying to figure out who can be where and how quickly. And in this game, actually, I mean, the firefighters, you know, specialists do have their special abilities, but it doesn't affect their the way that they move as much. So I think it's a little bit easier to kind of say, okay, I'm this. This is clearly the most um, the the most ready at hand course of action for me and for my other players. It's pretty easy to see right. that. So the roles are a little bit more specialized then yeah like you're saying maybe a forbidden island where there's a little more flexibility in trying to do different things for your role right right it's pretty clear what your path should be for your role uh words of caution the only thing for me is that i haven't yet been part of a game where we won i know kevin you folks have been victorious so maybe it's me um but good job us yeah, I guess so. So that's the only thing. Just be prepared that you might not win right out the gate, and that's okay. It's okay. All right. Well, I guess it's time for our decisions then. So, you know, for me, I think I'd have to go with it's. it is at least a strong play. And, I mean, shucks, seeing it at $28, uh, that's, that's maybe a purchase. Because, mm. I mean, especially... I mean, once it sells out, as I'm sure many of you know, trying to track down a copy can become very costly and or difficult. So, I mean, to me, it's a pretty solid game. But for now, I will leave it as at least definitely, definitely, definitely a play. Um, And there's also some expansions that we haven't checked out. So I think that could be neat. Maybe it will convert it into a, a purchase. But unfortunately, we haven't played those yet. Oh, what kind of expansions are there? I forget, but there were two, I think. So, yeah, maybe more to come on this one. Ooh, okay, okay. For me, it's it's also definitely a play. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it enough that I actually requested it on a game night, which if you know me and you know cooperative games in me, I never do that, really. So uh, I I think this is definitely a play. Definitely curious about those expansions you mentioned. Oh, all right. Well, there you have it. Uh, It's a strong play, and it was at least a strong enough play to convert our uh, combative player over here into uh, cooperative curious. So I would say that's pretty good. That's pretty good praise for Flashpoint. But as always, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you on our next episode. Thank you.